0: How old was your dad when he died? 31. When you turned 31 oh. that year, you went to 32. Was that a milestone moment? Did you look back on that when you passed that age? What would you think about that?
1: What a great question. Anybody who has a dad die young, you think of that number. And you worry about dying young yourself. When I talk about my brother saving his money and retiring at 42 i was the opposite i was completely worried that i would die young so with radio and tv jobs as you know i've traveled around this world and i had a ball and i've i've dined at the finest restaurants i'm the opposite of my brother I did not make my own beer. I went out and bought the expensive stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yes, a great question of yours. Of course, that number was in my brain, and I desperately worried about living longer than my father, who was uh, as positive as I am, because you know how, what a positive person I am, but that was in the back of my brain. And another thing that I didn't think about too much, I never really processed until recently, was post-traumatic stress. When he died when I was four, I don't think – all of a sudden I was 16 and I had this incredible depression deep inside my – pit of my stomach. First of all, I didn't know what depression was because I was such a happy kid. So what's, what is this sadness and this darkness? And what I think it was was blowback. It was eventually the sadness that had been buried that was coming to the surface – and I always worried for the rest of my life, anytime I had any type of sadness or depression, that it would be as bad as it was when I was 16. And I may have, you know, stuff happens in life that makes you sad, you know, incredibly sad. And probably I had, had been sad or depressed worse since then, but it wasn't unfamiliar. You know, the first time you experience anything, especially when you're young, the sky is falling because it's unfamiliar. But... You know, people who suffer a a, a trauma when they're particularly young, a lot of times it doesn't really, the blowback isn't for many years after.
0: Your dad died at 31. My dad is 82. I miss my dad terribly, my mom terribly, who's 80. And that's one of the things I wanted to share on this podcast is, you know, my dad lived 51 more years than your dad, and he's still vibrant and healthy, and I don't get a chance to see him. And that's not like the pain that you went through when you oh, get a chance to yeah. pick up the phone and call them. I get right. a chance to do that. That is really tough. And, you know, we've been great friends for a long time. I don't know what that experience is like not to be able to pick up the phone, especially at that age for you. And when you hit these milestones, but uh, oh, every, every time I've, time I've finally ever brought... connected with us.
1: Yeah. And every time I brought, it was always, you know, for people to know something about you behind the scenes, anytime I bring up that issue, uh, you're, it was like I kicked you in the nuts. You would think about, I remember the first time I told you uh, that, that the eight, I was four, my brother was seven, and when I told you that, your boys were four and seven. Yeah. And you were like, oh! <laughs> right at that moment, it was like I, uh, I, I electrocuted you uh, one of the first times that we talked about it. And, it is. You, I rem- the the thing. I, I got so excited a couple of years ago. Your dad turned eighty, and I think somebody gave him golf clubs <laughs> for his birthday.
0: We did. And, we got golf clubs.
1: Oh my! I said that was the greatest news I've ever heard. You know, because when my grandfather was eighty, I used to. He couldn't move around and play golf, and I joked. And I would say, "Well, now what do you want for your birthday? Want a tennis racket?" You know, to say stuff like that because most people eighty aren't playing golf or they don't want a new pair of golf clubs for their birthday or or for Christmas. And so that's the good news about your dad. They still play golf. Yeah. He he
0: played, he played golf earlier today. Actually, I I FaceTimed him and he was on a golf hole and I said, God, go back and play. We'll talk later. But my wife, my wife, as I come to you from her walk-in closet, wishes you a happy belated birthday. Oh, great. Tonight, breaking news, she is going to friend you or you're going to friend her with your Facebook alias. Oh, great. Uh, She did not know about your birthday because, again, year after year, we 're great friends, I consider you a best friend. You have no idea where your birthday oh, is i I, 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 I you I've, hide it from all of us
1: yes, it was my number one hang up in life is oh, now i don 't know if it 's always been this, but i 'm such a lover of life that i 'm freaked out about the aging process, and I hide my age like Nancy Reagan remember <laughs> well.
0: Hate her age
1: and lie about her age so I, uh, and it 's so and I used to not talk about my birthday and when you lived in Los Angeles. Uh, You would still sabotage it anyway. You would find out through other people and you would come into the studio or you would find out at the last second and then call your wife. She'd come over with an ice cream cake and the two hooligans would come in. And uh, you've always, you you still, you have a great uh, childlike love of birthdays.
0: Well, because everybody forgets my birthday on Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. So (laughs) I I have to think of everyone else's. It's
1: the JT and Looney podcast.
0: Episode 42.
1: You were in Tahoe. Tell us about it.
0: In my opinion, it's the American Amalfi Coast. Because when you get on the water in Tahoe in the summertime, because in the wintertime, you can ski in Tahoe and there's a ton of snow. But in the summertime, when the sun is blazing, I went with my buddies who I connected on an RV trip. I was at Fred Belidnikov's house. I got in there with my buddies and they had an RV there. We stayed at Incline Village, spent three or four days on the water. It was 95 degrees. We would dive into the water off this boat. My buddy Bobby Hassler has a gorgeous, almost $300,000 boat, ski boat with just this music system. It feels like you're in Hakkasan. Right. And music going, and we're diving in the water, and you take a life vest, and you float on it, and someone throws your beer, and you crack the beer open. Then you're in the water for like an hour. Then you get back in the boat, and you go to another secret cove and you get in that cove nice. up, and there's a 20 million dollar mansion over the water and with a yacht and you're sitting there going this is incredible so i went to tahoe and it was great to hook up with some of my long time all-time best oh friends. and would that be
1: i know you have would that be your best friend jimmy b you all got gangster names would it be jimmy b
0: Yeah, Jimmy B was there. He was taking his, my best friend who was my best man in my wedding was on an RV trip of a lifetime. He put together a trip that it's a lifetime trip. He was going to fly to Seattle and go on a cruise. One of those Alaskan cruises, the ultimate ones, the high end ones, Yeah. then come back and get an RV and then go throughout the Pacific Northwest, Idaho, Oregon. And then we were going to hook up in Tahoe. That's where I met up with him. But the Alaskan cruise got canceled, and right. I'm so proud of him because he decided not to cancel the trip. He didn't cancel the RV parks. Nice. He didn't cancel the hotels, so he went on that trip where a lot of people would have canceled. And then we ended up connecting, and a bunch of my other buddies, Kenny White, Cambo. Brad I liked,
1: but Scott. I, I like to the, the mafia names. Like Bob was Bobby G. There?
0: Bobby G. was there. Yeah. And we the best friend guy. who's your
1: your man in your wedding, whose name's Jimmy B. He's got Jimmy a gangster. Jimmy B. was name. there. He known yeah. him how long?
0: I know uh, since I was in the first grade.
1: Wow. See, I yeah. want to paint that picture. I always say, if you meet a guy who's best friends with somebody since the first mm-hmm. grade, you can trust that guy. That means for you, you think of friends as a necessity and not an accessory. I trusted you right away when I found out you had the
0: same best friend. So I, mean, I meant you didn't burn bridges. And I don't want to make this trip sound like it was too rustic. Like we didn't sleep in the RV. We slept at a $400 a night hotel in Incline Village. And the the RV was parked right outside. But you love this. My buddy Cambo from uh, Syracuse, New York, he brews his own beer. He lives in San Francisco. He's a big part of the great concert venue, the Fillmore. He's been working at the Fillmore for close to 30 years. He brewed his own beer two different styles and he brought kegs. Oh my god. And we had this beautiful room on the lake. Home we had a first bro. floor. We had a first floor so we could have the keg outside the sliding oh glass window god. and look out at the boat and it was also connected to a casino. So we're on this trip and it's going so good. We're on this oh. on the water and we're just loving life and we're you know drinking beers on the lake and then you go back to the casino at night and you leave your room and someone stops you and says Sir, you forgot your mask. Yeah, you did. You're having such a good time on vacation. You have to go back to your room, get your mask. And then you go into the casino and people are playing blackjack in between partitions of plexiglass. And the waitress comes up to you and wants to give you a round of drinks. And she has a mask on, which is more like a sleeve covering her face. Such a weird time we're living in well Deep, especially for vacation. you
1: you started out your, your your talk show career really exploded in las vegas and you spent so much time in las vegas you've since moved back to vegas in 2010 um what is it like for you to see these spacesuit, these strange settings and
0: casinos that's weird because i don't gamble The people are more fascinated by that fun fact, that JT fun fact with all the things I've done that I've never placed a bet. I don't bet. I've never placed a bet on a table game or sporting event or anything like that. I don't bet. So to go into a casino, I'm more people watch where some of my friends are so so focused on getting to the tables and bet. I got a couple of friends who love to gamble and I just hang behind them and drink the free drinks. And people right. watch and talk to people, and have a lot of fun with that. But I did take my first airline flight since March, and you know I travel a lot, and so do you. Right. And that was interesting because I flew up to Sacramento to connect with Fred Belitnikoff for his golf event, and I got on a plane, Southwest Airlines. There was only about thirty-five people on the flight. Good. Way only took it one way because we RV'd down the rest of the way, and I had the full mask on. And I sat near a lady that had the face shield and the hazmat suit, good, which was pretty amazing to see. The plane was spotless. My wife gave me some wipes to wipe down the table and, right. and the trade table and all that. And then when you get out of the plane and you walk through the airport, there's no one there. So yeah, that's weird. you're not bumping weird. into yeah. people. You're not going into the bathroom going, wow, there's three people that just walked out, two breathed on me. Everybody was in a mask. Everybody was well-behaved. No one spoke on the flight. It was very eerie and quiet, but, hey, man, we got to get this economy going. People got to get on some airplanes and get this economy moving oh. with a mask on. Come on.
1: Well, what about this hazmat suit? What do you mean somebody had a hazmat oh, suit yeah, she uh, a, bat, real, a
0: real hazmat suit? Wacko batshit lady. Well, two, okay. two rows in front of me with a white, not yellow, white hazmat suit on with the booties. So she had the booties wow. on, the white suit, the zipper all the way up. She had a scarf covering her face. And get this. Face shield, the face shield, and then a ball cap. And she couldn't have been happier. She actually was, I should have took a picture, but I don't bother people's privacy on an airplane. Right. I should have took a picture because about a third of the way through the flight, she broke out a book a John Grissom novel oh, wow. in a hazmat suit. It would have been a great picture. <laughs> it would, it wow. would have summed up. It would have been the photo for this podcast to show you the world we're living in in July of 2020.
1: It, it's, I, all of a sudden, this flashback when we were younger, I think it was the eighties times beach, Missouri, mm. there was a town where they, they had poisoned all the, um, they used some kind of chemical on all the streets to keep the blacktop from melting in the sun in the summer. Oh, yeah, it was dioxin. And the dioxin had gotten into the water table and was poisoning the people. And they were telling everyone everything was okay, except the government was coming in wearing spacesuits, trying to tell the citizens, you're fine, we just have to take some tests. But you knew something (laughs) was wrong because the people who knew stuff were wearing spacesuits. That's what I pictured when they saw that. And, And eventually the horrible end to that story is everybody who lived in that town moved out, but to see someone wearing a spacesuit on a plane. Wow. You know, I love talking about and bragging about my brother, uh, going to university in Notre Dame and, uh, because it's a rich kid's school and we weren't, and he got there through scholarships. He graduated third in his class and he, uh, he makes, he's always made his homebrew. You were talking about homebrew. And I was all of a sudden crying. sick Fantastic. to see my brother because I can't fly across the country. I can't see him. We, we always have a night or two when we go to the dining room and he breaks up the homebrew. And when I said he retired at 42, one of the reasons, instead of buying beer because he loves beer, he saved money by making his own beer. That was even before... This is twenty years ago, even before it became the popular thing to do for popular people. He was always making his own beer.
0: Well, it's only good if the beer tastes good because yeah, of course. It, can't be, it can't be exotic. And again, my biggest drinking decision in my life was when I switched from vodka seven up to vodka soda. Yes, that's with no very calories. Important. So yes. I'd rather drink a cold vodka soda than some homemade beer that has a smell and a stale taste. But that wasn't the case <laughs> with Yambo. <laughs>
1: I do know that here on the JT and Looney podcast episode 42 that we are proud to announce that JT you're back live on mad dog radio eight to midnight. I know there's been a hiatus from live sports talk since there was no live sports, but you're thrilled to be back eight o'clock
0: Pacific time doing live radio on mad dog. Tell us about it. I mean, I've accomplished a lot in my radio career, interacting with fans. This is now new boundaries because if there's no one at the game in Orlando in the LeBron bubble, how many people are going to be motivated, A, to watch, which I think a lot, B, to call into shows and recap it? We haven't ever dealt with this since the birth of sports radio. Right. Never had dead sports, no sports going into live sports in a bubble, wondering if fans are going to react. How would you react if you were Tom Looney at you know, 11 o'clock at night and a Dodger game ends? knowing there were no fans in attendance would tom looney run to a phone to call into his favorite sports talk radio show to get his takeout yes that is going to happen the
1: reason why that is going to happen is because people are are going to be so happy to have it back yeah we haven't had anything to watch on tv in terms of sports yeah there's been a golf tournament here a little nascar there but in terms of our, our our national pastimes of baseball, NBA, and NFL, the sports we really are, are gobbling up now in American culture. There's been nothing, and we lost the NBA on March 11th, I believe it was, and so and the NHL fans too. A wink and a nod to them. I think people are going to be so excited about having sports back and pretending COVID doesn't exist that they will be calling your show, and they will be enjoying I'm it. I'm excited. But, yeah, it's also the first time we're really going into any type of season. I guess maybe since there were seasons where there was a, a strike cloud over the heads uh, of fans. This is the first time there's any type of cloud over the head of fans going into a sports season where you don't know if it's going to
0: finish. And that sucks. Well, I'm proud of this podcast and doing radio because I told you from the beginning, I knew this was going to be historic. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea when this was going to end, nor do I now, which is... That sucks. It right. sucks that we don't know when this is going to end. I know. Like when are these concerts going to come back. I heard someone say we might not have concerts till 2022, not 2021, 2020 is gone. You're not right. going to a concert in 2020. Maybe if you go to a drive-in and see a country star, but right. this doesn't get fixed somewhere in 2021. We might have to go to 2022. I hope that isn't the case, but when it comes to sports, I'm proud that we have this podcast and we're both on the radio to report on this moment in history because nobody has an idea from Jim Rome, Mike Francesa, Christopher Mad Dog Russo to the local guy in L.A., the local guy in Bangor Maid. All all of us who get paid to be opinionated, we're all a bunch of bloviating know-it-alls with massive egos unknown territory we don't know when this is going to end when's it going to start up again and what it's going to feel like with with games with no fans
1: right and i think probably of all these sports we're probably going to have the best chance of seeing a season finish if i don't jinx anything here and that would be the nfl because you have all those players on a team and so if someone tests positive for COVID-19, then you have someone you can plug right in. Well, that guy quarantines for 14 days. But you wondered, <clears throat> are you supposed to quarantine the whole team for 14 days or just that guy? I guess they're probably going to just do that guy. But look how scary all these, like you said, we don't know what we don't know, all these scenarios are. So I think the NFL has the best chance. And it's also this this, this dark cloud and fascinating one of if, the Lakers make it to the NBA Finals. What happens if LeBron tests positive the night before game oh. one?
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, because, well, they, they, someone's going to test you know, someone on those teams. In, in, in basketball, when you, even more than football in a lot of ways, when you have so much equipment, in basketball, you're really up on the other guys. And I'm just wondering how that sport's going to get through an entire season.
0: Well, we know one thing for sure in the NBA bubble at the Disney World Resort in Orlando, there's been no stitches because there's no snitching. Remember, right. snitching, <laughs> get you stitches. Yes. There's a snitch line to rat out, to rat out NBA players, your teammates on another team. If you try to get a girl up the back alley elevator, so I got something new to tell you. You're not going to hear this on any podcast. Okay. You know Rogan or Adam Carolla. I got a buddy working security down there. I mean, real security down there. Okay. He says the line of SUVs outside the resort for Uber Eats and Grubhub is a mile long. True story. There is a mile. You know when you see a mile long line for people getting COVID tests? That's the line outside this resort for guys ordering food. Okay, they get whatever they want, but they're ordering food from outside the resort, and they're getting it delivered, and I'm assuming sanitized and the bags are clean or whatever, and it goes in up to their hotel rooms. There are zero positive tests as we speak. A round of applause for Adam Silver. Right. Put that league in a bubble. Put it in a bubble as we get ready for the exhibition games and they're having these warm-up games. No positive test. How excited are you for that news? I love uh, that.
1: I'm really excited for it because we are starving. for. Look, if, if we're going to be good citizens and stay inside, it'll be kind of nice. You know, I mean, a lot of other generations had to do much more difficult things than stay inside and watch Netflix. And people like me, I, in some ways, I'm lucky I'm stuck inside because whenever we leave the house, it's a little bit nerve wracking. We do have dogs that bark, but our, our home security system is kind of complicated, so we never use it. And I've been told to get Simply Safe. And it's designed to be easy and protects your house twenty-four-seven. A couple of my friends have it. Can order it online. Open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home's protected around the clock. It's pretty simple. That's why it's called Simply Safe. Just go to simplysafe.com/team, and if you order there, you'll get free shipping, sixty-day money-back guarantee. Simplysafe.com/team. And with everything going around and all the fear we've got with COVID-19 and everything else and bad guys as well out there stealing our stuff, it feels good to fear less. It also feels good to get caught up on TV shows that you thought you'd never see. But how many times now that everyone since March has gotten through Breaking Bad and Sopranos or anything they might know, Better Call Saul and anything else they might have missed over, uh, from Six Feet Under or anything, anything they might have missed over the past 20 years where they felt like they were missing out, people are all caught up. So we need sports because a lot of us are all caught up on all the, uh, on the series that we thought we would never see. Walt, please, Admit you're in
0: danger. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger.
1: Have you done any of Breaking Bad yet?
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm done with season one. Great, which, is, uh, which was oh. really good. When he when he shaves his head, yes, and he comes oh out of that God. explosion. So we'll get more into that when I get more of it under my belt. But after Excellent. I went away for a break, we came back. Kanye West is bat. Shit oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I repeat, I followed Antonio Brown. He's batshit crazy. Yep. Kanye, as we record this podcast, just tweeted. I guess all black people supposed to vote for Biden. Y'all want me to run nah? This comes after one of the greatest Twitter rants of all time. Where 24 hours before. He tweeted, the West children will never do Playboy. Oh, really? He went down the road. He was going after Chris Jenner. He thought that his wife, Kim Kardashian West, was coming to get him and put him in a mental bin. Like, just last night, he's crying. And I I, I almost killed my kid. I gave Kim the pills. You know, like, did you, that was crazy. Oh, awful. I know. You
1: told me. You told me to... Uh... You texted me and said oh. following Kanye, but I told you his name has hardly yep. ever come out of my mouth. I don't find him interesting, fascinating, <laughs> intelligent, and but I do know that I probably should have been looking at it just to be culturally literate.
0: When he said Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves, she just gave them to other white people. That's when I knew he was off the rails. Yeah, and you
1: know that hits home. Harriet Tubman lived and died not far from, uh, and did a lot of work through Elmira. It was part of the upstate New York. Was part of the Underground Railroad, I believe. She uh, lived and died in Oswego or Auburn, Auburn, New York. She, She a lot of her roots are in upstate New York. So that. You know, I mean, it hit blacks a lot harder than it hit my white ass, but it's still she's a part of her history is from upstate New York. And that was pretty shitty to see.
0: what he did over the last couple of days. And he erased several of those tweets. Tom, I'm very concerned about a guy who has over 30 million twitter followers that he is having one of the great mental breakdowns that we've ever seen in the history of social media
1: you know and it's interesting too because as we are talking about what we watch on tv and we go to our entertainment portion of the show i was just going to mention a documentary i watched which i would highly recommend called god knows where i am and part of what that documentary about is you know, we learn about our systematic failure to protect those who cannot protect themselves. And as we've watched Kanye tweet, he does seem to be a person who may need some help. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and he, right now he cannot protect himself from himself. And it's, it's really sad to watch uh, in real time unfold before your eyes. the The documentary I'm talking about, you get to kind of watch it in real time. It's called God Knows Where I Am. It's a body of a homeless woman found in an abandoned farmhouse in New Hampshire. And she wrote a diary, just like what Kanye's doing to tie it in. She wrote a diary documenting her journey of starvation, mm-hmm. her loss of sanity. Uh, for four months, she was living on apples and fresh water. But then it started to snow and everything started to freeze. And it was the coldest winter on record. And eventually she died there in the house and the owner's founder there it was uh the family owned it but they weren't using it and her diary was right next to her and it really also pointed out our systematic failure to protect those who can't protect themselves uh the collective we need to help people like kanye and the unknown people who aren't famous who live in tents Mm -hmm. and uh and we this is a systematic failure of all of us doesn't matter what color people Uh, Whether it's blue states or red states or liberal mayors or conservative mayors, it's the United States of America, and we're all at fault for not taking care enough of people with mental health issues, and we've got to do a better job.
0: I will tell you this. I'm not comfortable going there, but this is a podcast, so the hell with it. If you deface public property, that's one thing. When you deface Uh federal property, like a federal courthouse or something that has to do with federal property— I could give a shit if the government comes in with the National Guard, police, whatever it is, and starts to secure a city like Portland. Uh I've been to Portland once in my life. I've been to Seattle a bunch. This isn't a political podcast. When you start tearing up American cities, defacing these cities, and you think you're going to do it for like six days, okay, I'll give you day seven. When it comes on six weeks— six and a half weeks and there's a protest every night and you're throwing boulders into a federal courthouse and you're tearing a city down, step aside. Here come the tanks. Here come the cars. Here come the guys in uniform this country's out of control
1: yeah it is in some ways with situations like that but we have to be careful because we can't send our own people after our own people who have a right to protest it's a pretty sticky situation you've got to agree with that it's a mm-hmm. you can't sending our own people in against our own people that's not why the military was set up or any secret police were set up Homeland security was to protect us from guys like Mohammed Adda flying uh, airplanes into the building and taking lessons in Phoenix on how to fly a seven 47, uh, that's why Homeland Security was developed. The good news is, we might. I guess we don't need Homeland Security, because they're, they're doing this shit. I thought we needed them to protect us from terrorists, and so if, if they didn't have anything to do, because we have local police, we yeah. have state police, we have National Guard, etc., they can do that. Not secret police that are supposed to be taking down terrorists. I think the good news is, we've got a whole wing of the government that we don't need. Speak of defunding. If we don't need Department of Homeland Security, let's not send them after our own citizens.
0: Yeah, I couldn't disagree with you more. I think we get to the point where when there's utter chaos, when it's completely out of control, we send our armies our Air Force, our Marines, we send them overseas to fight wars. Right. And it's chaos on the ground. And we just hope they survive and they come home. And we don't want to know what's happening. And we find out about it years later. When we watch on the news every night, the same people, and then it grows because they get emboldened because they're allowed to tear up a city like Portland. After a while, you got to call a timeout at the governor, the attorney general, and the mayor. Just keep saying, hey, shit, keep going because we have no rules here. And you want to defund the police. You don't want the police to have any respect. Then the federal government comes over the top like a wrestling move off the high buckle. And they come in and go, we've had enough. And I don't know what the right answer is, Tom. Right, yeah. But when is this chaos going to stop?
1: I know. And one of the things you're talking about there about defunding the police is sometimes going back to Kanye. Mm-hmm. In circle, even right, right within the same conversation about the mentally ill, we ask police to do the job, uh, to do stuff that they weren't qualified to do. No fault of theirs. We decide, okay, let's throw more money at them and have them go take care of mentally ill people, and that's a very difficult degree, yes, uh, with a high burnout rate. You know, social workers. And uh, they aren't—they aren't trained social workers, but we kind of throw that at them. So, and, and the guy on the show who's usually not always defending the police—I defend the United States of American citizens <laughs> over the police, always, who are citizens as well. I understand, but we should all be working on all of it together. But one of the things that we shouldn't force them to do is we should be taking care—better uh, care—of mentally ill people, so police don't have to deal. with situations that that really shouldn't involve the police.
0: This podcast go from me getting in the water in Tahoe to decompress yes. to <laughs> encouraging throwing people in unmarked vans who are involved with chaos. This is why you download this podcast. Exactly. This is why our numbers are surging in the positive direction with believe because we have different opinions on a whole bunch of different topics. And look, we're sitting here midpoint near the end of July. Wondering how we're going to get to the end of the summer Are we going to get through a summer Where COVID doesn't go away And we're going to get into the fall Where we start to get cold And it starts to rain more And there's sleet And people go, oh my Ooh. god and then We, then we, get, <laughs> we yeah. didn't even do anything And now it's going back to shit It's the winters around the corner oh, Thank god we live And, out
1: and then we get the flu And we don't know if we have the flu or COVID It's going to be pretty chaotic winter I have a feeling billy- That's a <laughs> JT and Looney podcast
0: episode 42 baseball's back. Hey, can I give you a baseball prediction, please? Yes. Okay. I have the Yankees winning the American league going through those filthy, dirty, wait for it. Not the Astros. I got them going through the white Sox. Ooh, wow. Love the White Sox. Love their lineup, middle of their lineup, their young players. Yankees beat the White Sox. National League, I have the Dodgers because they're so good and so dominant. Dodgers over the Phillies, Joe Girardi, Bryce Harper. My AL MVP is Aaron Judge. My NL MVP is Bryce Harper. My AL Cy Young Award is Garrett Cole of my Yankees. Cy Young Award National League Walter Bueller of the Walker Bueller of the Dodgers and I have the Yankees over the Dodgers in six and here it is I will not accept the championship I will put an asterisk on it I will not receive the award I will not hold it over my head I will not count it and I will keep my Yankees at 27 World Series instead of 28. Well,
1: why would you do that to your guys? Why would you do that? It could be argued this might be the hardest World Series to win nope. with all the strange. No, not at going all. Going it's out. only
0: 60 games. You know, we had that in-depth conversation with Pete Rose a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Yes. And uh, I don't think it's legitimate. They could have... Instead of fighting Rob Manford and Tony Clark and not meeting and taking nights off, they could have given us 84 games. They could have given us 92. They could have given us 104. Once they did, I checked out, but I've come to the conclusion that I'm going to enjoy it because I don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy that rains on someone else's parade. So I'll be rooting for the Yankees. You're
1: not going to be part of cancel culture. You're not going to cancel baseball just because it's got 60
0: games. Exactly. But I got to put an asterisk on it. I I, I can't, I won't do that for hockey and the NBA hockey and the NBA played their regular season. They just had a few games left and they're going, you know, remember Yankee, the Yankees are playing in the Bronx, right? At Yankee stadium with no fans, LeBron James, it's not playing at staples center with no fans right. he's playing in orlando in a ballroom in some disney resort so i'm oh. a big fan of i'm a big fan of the the nba's legitimate the nhl's legitimate nascar whoever wins this cup championship Completely legitimate. Whoever but not wins, not baseball. Not at all. Sixty games, wow. you lost me. I checked out.
1: So even in your mind, you're canceling nope. this season. Well, I have. You know, I talk about my friend Grubba, the prison guard, mm-hmm. and he he and I you know, argue over politics and different things. He's uh, he's a little bit to the right of Attila the Hun, and uh, and the other day he uh, he insulted me somehow on my phone, and I told him I was going to cancel him. <laughs> And he responded by saying, I'm not one of your pilots. <laughs> Taking a shot at the game show pilot I did that wasn't picked up. But it was a great comeback to cancel culture when I told him I was canceling him. I'm
0: not one of your pilots.
1: Password is alphabet.
0: First, I, well, let me wrap it up with that. Have you ever been on a pilot that you were so excited that was gonna get greenlit and they canceled it for whatever reason. I would think that after getting a call in to audition for a pilot, you get on it, you do the pilot, you're so excited about a run like Modern Family or one of these shows that could go on for nine, 10 years. Give me a story on that. I've never well,
1: asked you that. remember because who knows if because because Best Dan went eight years and then uh, all that that gap between TV work and I and I did a pilot for a game show and I did sign a non disclosure agreement and they're going to mm-hmm. try to reboot it and see if they can get another uh, somebody else to pick it up. But I will tell you one thing: I was the kid who, when he stayed home sick from school and watched The Joker's Wild or The Price Is Right or whatever was on television. Match game. Yeah, I was the guy who would like to be the host. I just didn't play the game. You know, of course, that's in my DNA. I I didn't listen to the radio. I wanted to be on it. I didn't watch TV. I wanted to be on it. Same with movies. And I wanted to be the game show host. I didn't want to play the game. I didn't want to go Hollywood and be on the game show. I wanted to go Hollywood and be a game show host. So when I got chosen, it's a really cool story about even how you treat your co-workers and your interns. The executive producer and owner of this game show produced it with a younger host. And this young, we always seem to have, you know, my dad died before I was five, for my first day of kindergarten. And our producers, we always used to seem to have producers with some kind of dad issue of one kind or another, deadbeat dad, divorced dad. And so what we would do is if we got an intern who we found out had, you know, no dad in the house, we would celebrate it, turn it into a positive. I'd say, hey, Mike, Uh, Joey's uh, got dad baggage. And Mike would say, welcome to the club. (laughs) We would turn it into a positive thing. Well, this uh, young executive producer of this game show lived with his mother and his brother growing up. His mother was a Filipino immigrant. So we bonded. My house had a mom and a brother and no dad. So we kind of bonded over that. Fast forward 10 years, and he produced a game show with a young host, and the, the, the network said... Come back with a more seasoned host. He didn't audition anybody. He just brought in me, and because we we had a conversation, you know, while working together about that was one of my goals, and so it was really disappointed so far that it hasn't gotten picked up. But it was also checking off a box. You know what I mean? I've hosted a game show. I've got videotape of me hosting Mm -hmm. a game show that I can't use yet because it's not picked up. But I will be able to use it one day and show people, and, and of course it's disappointed that it hasn't been picked up, but you got to take a look at the positive. I'm a big goal visualization guy, and I was a host of a goddamn game show.
0: Hey, great podcasting with you, my friend. We'll do it okay. again next week. Sounds good.